that I've gotten the point across. Well, put it like this. Every time I talk to people and, and during the course of the conversation, because most people call me about some kind of deliverance anyway, are they listening for some kind of deliverance as we talking? And in the course of the conversation yesterday, I mentioned thought forms. <coughs> Excuse me. And I mentioned how um, this person did not want to manifest a thought form against um, anybody. And, and what I was telling this person is that you should not have any preconceived notions about anybody. When I go to pray for anybody or even to talk um, to them or about them or for them or whatever it may be, I come with, with, a, with a, a clean slate in my mind. I don't have no judgments. I don't have no vows. I don't have anything because I keep my mind free. A lot of times uh, I, I administer to people, thank you, Lord Jesus, good morning. I, I minister to people, and I don't, I purposely do not remember what happened in their deliverance, because if I try to keep in my mind what happens to everybody I deliver or, or God uses me in their deliverance, I'd be crazy. I would be stoned stark raven mad because I've never seen any two people have the same deliverance and I never run from a deliverance and this is what some of you got to understand and God is trying to teach you he will allow you to be challenged by Satan just like he warned us last week I knew it was coming I didn't know how but it came. Trust me, it came. And it came right up to my door. Okay, and I had been challenged by this thing over a week ago. So what happened is when the people call me up, I just listen. Like I always do, I just listen. I don't have any preconceived notions about nothing. No matter what they say to me, it will not move me. I had to learn that. In order to be effective in deliverance ministry, you know, I tell people like, okay, crying doesn't move me. It, it doesn't because you got demons who are professional criers. You got demons who are skilled at bringing people um, and, and manipulating people through their emotions. So you have to remain emotionless in this type of ministry. And you have to learn something else in this type of ministry. You can hurt somebody. You can cause somebody to be hurt bad or even worse, die. This is a very, very powerful um, ministry. This ministry of soul salvation. So you cannot just step out on what because because everything God gives me works. It works. 
but you got to know what is behind it. How the Holy Spirit is manifesting or, or what the Holy Spirit does so you don't hurt anybody. You can cause somebody to be dead. And that is why it is not a copycat ministry. You've got to know Jesus. And you've got to have the mind of Christ. And all these things only come from God. You can't even know Jesus without God revealing them to you. I mean, really. I don't see her. Um, I don't see her on the headline. So if she comes on here a little bit late, because she's calling from California with a very unusual situation. If you don't hear, press one, because I don't see you, because I don't know. I, I know what number you told me you would be calling from. But this is another one of those situations you need to hear. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead with this teaching. And if I look over there and see her, I will, um, I will uh, open it up. But if she does not come on this headline, if she does not think enough to sacrifice and come on here at 6 a.m., then I pray she doesn't call me anymore. Because if it ain't worth nothing to her, it certainly ain't worth nothing to me. Because, see, brothers and sisters, we're all called to make sacrifices. I make one every day. Because I pray to God for myself every day. And then I pray to God for others. But if it's not worth it to you, it's not worth it to me. Because it ain't going to benefit me. I am really teaching you to benefit you. Because I'm never, ever, 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 as long as I live and breathe, going to gonna, gonna, uh, loose myself from Jesus. Never. Why? Well, I love him too much. I have a love affair with the Lord. Now, I'm looking one more time. And I'm going to look over there again during the course. But this is what I want to share with you this morning. It's so vital. You must understand it. you got to understand it. And I pray. I can get it over to you this morning. You see, brothers and sisters, there's something we all require from the Bible. And that is divine revelation knowledge from the Bible. It can only come from the Bible. And this is why in this ministry I give you the scriptures. You know, um, the Bible says when Jesus came into the coast, of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, Jesus was prophesied over there in Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. He was prophesied of to come. It says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. And came to the ancient of days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. That all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. 
His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus himself was prophesied of. And Jesus, Jesus himself identified himself as the Son of Man. Psalms chapter 8, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the Son of Man that thou visitest him. Psalm chapter 80, verse 17. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the Son of Man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. Jesus asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood, for flesh and blood, hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. See, I gotta tell you something, if, in, in case you don't know this, but I'm sure you do, so it might, it might just be a refresher. Nevertheless, I want you to post this in the chat room. Whoever gets there, I want, I want several people to post it. It is this. Jesus, the Son of God, became Jesus the Son of Man, so that you and I could become a son or a daughter of God. Now I'm going to repeat that. Jesus, the Son of God, became Jesus, the Son of Man, so that you and I could become a son or a daughter of God. Mark chapter 2 verse 10 says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Luke chapter 7 verse 34, the Son of Man is come eating and drinking, and you say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber a friend of publicans and sinners. Luke chapter 9, verse 58. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. John chapter 9, verse 35 through 37. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said, Thus thou believe on the Son of God. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe? He see this on him. This was the blind man that Jesus healed and didn't even know who he was. And Jesus said unto him, 
thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee right now. John chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You see, brothers and sisters, it was Jesus, the Son of Man, that died and rose again, justifying you and I. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Mark chapter 9, verse 31. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Mark chapter 10, verse 33 through 34, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. John chapter 3, verse 14, 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, the Son of Man, flesh and bone, without any blood, because his blood was put on the altar as a sacrifice for the sins of you and I. So I say, Jesus, the Son of Man, flesh and bones, without any blood, is in heaven right now, sitting on the right-hand side of God, our Father, and his Father. And Jesus, the Son of God, is indwelling you in the person of God's own Holy Spirit right now. Matthew chapter 26, verse 64. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Acts chapter 7, verse 56. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth 
and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of them. Even so. Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, saith the Lord. Which is and which was and which is to come. The Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, and then Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the path, with a golden girdle, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters, and he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun, shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. So be it. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven already. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged Jesus, his disciples, that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Matthew 16. 13 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ identified himself as the Son of Man. I repeat, the Son of God became the Son of Man in order to make you and I the sons and daughters of God, 79 times throughout the gospel, Jesus declared himself to be the son of man, thereby identifying with all of the problems of mankind. As the son of man, Jesus healed the sick. As the son of man, Jesus fed the hungry, as the Son of Man, Jesus wept with the bereaved. You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus understands your weaknesses. Jesus understands your frailties. Jesus, in all points, tempted like as we are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. But we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus is the true Son of Man. Jesus is the height of manhood. Jesus is the peak of manliness, the highest, the tallest, the noblest of all men. Jesus is the perfect example of what God ordained man to be, 
You see, brothers and sisters, Jesus knew himself. I said, Jesus knew himself. I repeat it again. Jesus knew himself to be the Son of God. But Jesus humbly identified himself as the Son of Man in order to lead and guide humanity by his own example. You see, Jesus realized that the Jews did not know that he, Jesus, was the fulfillment of prophecy, that he, Jesus, was the promised Messiah of Israel. But note this. Jesus did not act what the scribes and the Pharisees were saying about him. Jesus wanted to know what the common people thought about the miracles that followed him wherever he went. Therefore, Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I the son of man am. They said to Jesus, some say you John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You see, everywhere they went, Jesus' disciples heard the subject discussed and had even questioned among themselves, who is he? Some believed him to be the ghost of John the Baptist, who had been beheaded by Herod for preaching repentance. Others thought the prophecy in Malachi 4 and 5, that God would send the prophet Elijah back to them, was fulfilled in this man. Because of Jesus' preaching, still others believed him to be Jeremiah resurrected, or one of the other prophets, perhaps Moses. Interesting, if you look at the apostles, that their answers seem to infer that everyone thought Jesus, everyone thought Jesus was not an ordinary man. But they thought Jesus was someone who had been raised from the dead. Brothers and sisters, make note here. Their answers did not satisfy Jesus. Their answers meant that the people were confused about his personhood. And therefore, the people had no true comprehension of what Jesus had come to do for them. Even more important, then the opinions of the populace were the responses of his own followers. Jesus said unto his own disciples, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. No doubt maybe John the Beloved was ready to answer, and maybe Philip would have said something if he'd have been a little bit faster. 
could it be that Andrew would have been glad to make a statement? But Peter instantly broke the silence. And the answer just flowed from Peter like a mighty rushing wind or like a flowing river maybe. Since the time Jesus had come to them walking on the water, remember? Matthew 14, 25-33. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, the Bible says they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But the Bible says, Straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And it was that Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. The Bible says, but when he took his eyes off Jesus and he saw the wind burst him, he was afraid. And the minute that fear came in, he was beginning to sink. But he cried saying, Lord, save me. He still addressed Jesus as Lord. He knew in his hour of desperation that there was nobody else but Jesus. Because why? He saw Jesus walking on the water. He stepped out the boat, walked on the water with Jesus. He realized, "Uh uh-oh, Lord, save me. The Bible says, and immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, see, Jesus still, Jesus still had to let him know what had happened. O thou of little faith, O thou of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? Why did you doubt me? You done stepped out the boat. You done stepped on the water. You heading toward me. Why did you allow the devil and demons and the world to distract you? Why did you doubt? Verse 32, and when they were coming to the ship, hallelujah. The Son of Man took authority over the wind, and the boisterous wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. But it wasn't the Son of God that rebuked the wind. It was the Son of Man. They were sure that Jesus was the Son of God. 
but the words came from Peter like an explosion. We know who you are. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You are the one who was promised to Israel. Listen here. Peter's confession is the greatest single declaration ever made by man throughout history. It forever identified Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ of God. Listen this morning. He's the Son of God but on earth, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. He's the Son of Man, the only begotten of the Father in heaven. Jesus, born by the mysterious fatherhood of God, which no human intellect has ever fully comprehended. Born before the universe was created in the infinite past, so remote that no chronicle of the events concerning Jesus' birth has ever been released. Somewhere in the throne room of eternity, Elohim God conceived the Son and cried, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was in this instance of time God revealed that truth to Peter and others. Yes, Jesus, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. Jesus, born before the universe was created. Hallelujah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. But I want to tell you something this morning. Glory be to God. Jesus, the Son of God, became the Son of Man. Oh, hallelujah. I can't contain this thing. Jesus became the Son of Man in order to make you, in order to make me, the Son and the Daughter of God. The question remains, who do you, who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? I see you tomorrow. On the table, who do you say that Jesus is?